so tempted to say good morning, but I won't say that. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, good morning, America. Hey. <laughs> good. No, don't say good, Maxi. Oh, my God. Now it's in my head. Okay. It's morning somewhere. <laughs> it's morning somewhere, guys. Okay. Hi, guys. I hope all is well with everyone. Thank you to our audience, our special, special audience for still rocking with us from the jump and who are new to this podcast. You're in for a treat because we have a couple of topics for you. But first, let us introduce ourselves. I am your co-host, Maxine Antoine. And I go by she, her, hers. Hey, everyone. It's Corey here. And I go by he, him, his. Hi, everyone. It's Sasha. I go by she, her, hers. That's fantastic. So, guys, what do we have for the lovely audience? (laughs) Well, before we even get to that, because we do have, we're going to have a little heavy discussion today. Um, This is probably going to be one of our shorter discussions as well, um, because we are going to be talking about Haiti and Cuba. But before we get into the nitty gritty, how has everyone's week been? You know, mm-hmm. actually more than a week. Uh, for those who don't know, like you get, like listeners probably wouldn't know because of the we upload bi-weekly, but, and this upload is gonna go up on time regardless, but we actually haven't recorded in about a month. So how's everyone been? Good. I'm like enjoying my summer, going going to the movies a lot, um, enjoying being off from school. So I'm happy. That's good. How about you, Maxine? Yeah, for me, it's been a little hectic. Like, just like, you know, me trying to like get my business up and running, you know? Um, Ooh. Yeah, I... Hired my first employee, and I was like, "Awesome! Wow! Yeah, right." Um, If it's not too soon, what what business is it? Or are you you trying to keep it under wraps? Well, I won't keep it under wraps. It's it's basically a film production company. I'm trying to make use of my degree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, right now, I'm trying to like, you know, just do my research and study. I like how to do like pitches, things like that. but yeah, I'm turning the wheels slowly but surely. Um, there are still things that I still have to like, you know, primary things I have to get done, a lot of contracts and stuff, and just like a lot of organizing. And it's just like so much work. But yeah, I was so happy to like at least have an employee and stuff. And I'm paying him so well. I'm not giving him a lot of benefits, but like I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, yeah. you, you have to start somewhere yeah exactly right yeah i was really happy and um whatchamacallit what else yeah and just trying to manage my social life on top of that i just feel like a part of me is like like dipping into the social life a little too much so i have to get back on like the business track and stuff Mm. but yeah just been dealing with like my business my client and then um whatchamacallit handling a social life and also family time like it's it's definitely hard handling family time. Like 
here I want kids. And it's like, I could barely handle my schedule now. Like, how am I going to have kids in the future? And like, I'm just future thinking. And then like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm doing the most, the most. Uh, well, hopefully <laughs> you'll have a partner who has a lot more free time to be yeah. able to support you, you know, and yeah. being able to do what you do. And they're much more open schedule being able to accommodate any children. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'll definitely need that because I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have the time. I was thinking like to like give myself a timeline, you know, but I'm less like, ah, let me not, let me not do that actually because I just don't know. I just don't know the future, but I definitely want to create a stable foundation for myself. Like that's mm-hmm. what my money is really going to be about. I am motivated to create a stable foundation for myself to create my, to, you know, develop a healthy vessel for myself, you know, um, cause you know, eventually I do want kids. So I have to make my body healthy enough to bear kids. And then thinking about like having enough money. So that way when my kids come, you know, it's not like the struggle that, you know, I went through. You know, of like, oh, you have savings, psych. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta save the electricity bill, whatever. You know, um, so yeah, I, I would like that. You know, for the future. So that's why I'm like working on just trying to develop that timeline of like what I want my twenties to be about. You know, and at the same time have fun, hang out. Oh, and also, uh, <laughs> next week I'm going to Connecticut. So like, Ooh. I'm going on my oh. like first. But, um alone trip you know how like you have like your self trips and stuff okay yeah okay but so like, this is like a solo vacation yeah solo like mini like weekend vacation it's just like one of those things that i like wanted to do and it's like why connecticut a lot of people are like why connecticut and i'm just like it's literally the first word that came in my head <laughs> it hey, wasn't do anything it. special <laughs> you know travel yeah. and travel if you travel alone travel with friends but you know yeah if you want to get out there and see the world and just visit different places then yeah get out there and just do what you got to do have fun yeah Yeah. that's exactly what i'm doing now just exploring just having fun yeah yeah that's my (laughs) mood ah it's it's also been a crazy busy month for me as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's work, there's a few productions that have gone on, and you know, interviewing for future productions. There's, you know, baby showers, this birthdays, that this person got married, so I was at a wedding. Uh, last yeah this past Thursday I was at a wedding um that was really nice so it's been definitely been an eventful eventful month you know lots of life things happening it was really good to be able to share that with different people Mm -hmm. you know from the birthdays to the weddings to the baby showers it's nice to see all of us kind of reaching these different milestones in our lives and entering different chap- different chapters for each other. So, Wow, that's beautiful, though. Yeah, that's really nice. Winning, yeah, witnessing that, like, 
you're definitely like from conversations I've had with you, Corey. Yeah, you're definitely going through your milestones mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just like, wow. It's like, and it's so weird because like I'm younger than you, so like we went to college together and everything. It's just like, wait. <laughs> I was like, wow, you grew up so fast, Corey. But it's just like it's because you're older than me. <laughs> like of course. <laughs> I'm like, damn, like, you're, you're adulting so much. I have to catch him. It's like, Maxine, he's way older than you. Like, chill the fuck out. Well, first of all, well, I'm, not, I'm not way older than you. You're okay. way older, I'm not Corey. Way, I'm you're not like way 40 older. years old, Corey. Whoa, whoa. First of all, I'm not even 30. What the fuck? I'm like, how, Corey how we, and I just, are on the tip of 30. Yeah, like, we, I didn't even hit 30 yet, and you already put me at 40. She I said January 40. doesn't mean that you're 30. January means you skipped 10 years. Wow. Yep, that's exactly what it means. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. but that's beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. But, you know, in some ways, it's like, you know, I see things kind of similarly in some ways where it's like, you know, sometimes I see the things you're doing, Maxine, I'm like, dang, you know. Maxine's out here doing big things, man. I need to light a fire under my ass or else, you know, I'm going to get left behind. Yeah. Oh, this is so nice. We motivate each other. Yeah. We're all entering different chapters. It's so crazy. I feel like an adult. (laughs) And I am an adult, adult. so yeah. Yeah. We are adults, but now I actually feel it. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you were an adult when you were 18, but you didn't feel shit? It's like, I still have the teen. I'm not I'm, really an yeah. adult. Like, you're like, a legal adult, but you haven't, was, like, transitioned into adulthood. Exactly. Right? Like, matured to adulthood. Yeah, like, you were still a student, and you're still kind of doing things, you know. But now we've, like, graduated college, so we've, for the most part, Aside from like, you know, getting masters and different things like that, we've kind of left, you know, our school days behind for now. You know, who knows, maybe someone will want a bachelor and a second bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate and they'll end up going back to school. Um, and we're getting into really structuring, you know, our careers and stuff like that. So yeah, we're slowly moving into the whole adulting thing. Yeah, so crazy. Yes. I remember when I was 18, like literally yesterday, but now I'm not. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you practically know. were like 18 yesterday. Yeah, right? Oh my God, how fast <laughs> I grew. In like a day, just imagine the next day. I'll be like, what, 28? That's crazy. <laughs> I barely remember 18. Like, feels like so long ago. Damn, that sounds like a grandma statement. <laughs> I turned 29 this year. 18 was a very yeah. long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I can... I remember 18 as far as, you know, like, I remember my senior year of high school as far as the different things that were going on for the most part and like graduation and like you know different productions I was in as far as like the plays um Mm -hmm. even going into like you know 19 and 
my freshman year of college and stuff like that. I can't, you know, again, mostly connected to like theater and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it. On the one hand, it's like, oh man, that was just yesterday, and then you're like, wow. It's already 2021. Time flies so quickly. Seriously. Actually, it's almost 2022. And it feels like 2021 just started. Seriously. Like, it went by so fast. You know, sometimes I always think, like, sometimes things move fast because we're doing so much. So it doesn't even feel like we're actually living in the time. We're, like, living for, like, whatever it is that we got to do that's in front of us. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, fair. That is fair. Fair square. Yes. But now... queer. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. Okay, so now to get into our topics. Yes, um, yes. So, again, I guess a uh, trigger warning. I don't know if a trigger warning is is what's called for or not, but... I will kind of put it out there anyway. So we are going to be talking about, you know, death. We are going to be talking about, you know, the oppression of black bodies. So when it comes to like, you know, Haiti and Cuba respectively. So if that's not your vibe right now, and I totally get it, you know, there's been a lot of that going on in the news. So if that's not your vibe, then, you know, no hard feelings, right? Thank you for staying with us this far into the episode. Um, But we are going to start getting into some of the things that were going on and just some of our thoughts and feelings on it. And hopefully we can provide some resources for people who want to try to check out more things and want to find ways that they can support So, let's get started. Uh, So, Maxine, you want to tell us a little bit about what was going on in Haiti? Haiti? Um, So, as shortly as I could possibly, like, as concise as I could possibly put it, basically the president was assassinated. And um, the president of Haiti, well, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce his his uh no his last name I don't know how to pronounce his last name so I'm gonna pronounce his first name it's President Jovenel Jovenel, um, yeah President Jovenel, um he was assassinated <clears throat> Wednesday so like I think that was like last yeah last last week if I'm checking correctly on my calendar let me check my calendar real quick is it yeah 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 it was Wednesday of last no two weeks ago. It was Wednesday, that's for sure, that he was assassinated. And um, basically, he was assassinated in his home by um, Colombians, both Colombians, and two um, Haitian nationals as well. And I think there was also, like, I'm not too sure if it was two Haitian nationals or one of them was, like, Haitian-American, like, born in America kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. I know for sure they were Haitian and Colombians involved in the assassination of the president. Um, the wife also got shot, um, but she was transported to Florida um, for her care. And But now, like, the latest news on the wife is that she um, recovered 
well enough to be transported back to Haiti with a different set of um, security officers. And the reason why I mentioned that is because um, in like latest news and updates, um, the person who led the assassination of the president was the head of security for the president. Um, I don't have his name right now, but it was the head of security that assassinated the president, um, that was involved in the assassination of the president, like gave intel and everything, like where he would be and stuff, um, which is crazy. Like this, that is so crazy. And um, from what I heard from a friend who's, you know, actually Haitian, um, I was uh, told that, you know, the amount that he, you know, that the head of security like did the job for was for $40,000 in US money, you know? So basically he, you know, provided intel and was part of an assassination of, you know, President Jovenel for $40,000 in US money. So that comes around like 3 million in Haitian money. According to like the Haitian currency, like not the Haitian currency, the currency websites and stuff like conversion websites, you know, it's around roughly $3 million. And um, yeah, that that's just so wild. So, so wild. But that is the stitch on what's happening in Haiti currently. Yeah, we don't have a president at all. It's so, so wild to think like, Mm-hmm. Kind of like you said, for for forty k US, like, and on the one hand, you know, being American and like kind of living in this country, to do something like that for quote unquote just forty k seems almost unimaginable. Like it seems almost hilariously low. At the same time, we think about that in when you convert that to Haitian currency, you know, that seems like a whole lot more money. Yeah. Um, And also take into consideration, like, the living conditions of the average person in Haiti compared to the average person here in the U.S. It can become not more understandable, but you could see the logic of it 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 makes a little bit more sense, I guess. Yeah, at the same why... time. Yeah. Yeah. And just for a clarification, I found the actual date. He was assassinated July 7th. So I was right, it was about two weeks ago. Um and yeah, it, it was so crazy because I, I I from what I've heard and from what I've been understanding is that he was trying to like, you know, make the Haitian currency more valuable. So like you know how like it was forty thousand and and but in like Haitian currency it's like three million like trying to raise up our currency, um, you know he was trying to implement like the Haitian language as the like primary language of the the nation instead of the French language like he was making moves like he was making some moves to really help Haiti only for him to be assassinated by the head of security you know well like with the assistance of the head of security you know um but it's just so crazy how like you know you know it comes to like that that phrase to really be your own people like 
yeah. you know, your skin phone, your skin folk, skin folk, you know, exactly. like, as you're at the head of security, like your job the is man, to protect, you know, to protect you. Yeah. And who you are literally trusting with your life betrays you. So, yeah, yeah like it, it, and then like outside looking in, it just makes it hard for it to be like, you know, to show that kind of respect. It's like, your own people don't even show you respect. Why should we, you know, like you don't even have like stability. You don't even have like, we don't have that pride there to like, you know, protect our own, you know, which is like, I feel is, a, you know, an issue like globally with black people, like how like we struggle to protect our own. We struggle to be a united front you know, no matter the cost, no matter the money, no matter who says, no matter the, um, what you call it, the outside forces, like we protect our own. That's something that, you know, I feel like, a lot, you know, us as a race struggle with, but specifically yeah. Haiti, you know, that is a constant struggle. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard about like, you know, stories of like the backstabbery in my culture, you know, um, and I wish I could go into it in more detail, but like just coming as like an American, like I, I might, it might come across as like disrespect and stuff, but you know, it's like, I'm also Haitian too, but you know, it's, it's, it's like this weird thing is like, I, as much as I want to critique and, you know, tell and say like, you know, how it should have been, I wasn't born there to, you know critique it so much like actually trying to survive the simple life of just like you know n having meats as a luxury you know like you know how like veganism is praised here like vegetables are a luxury like over there it's different like meat is a luxury and they have fruits and vegetables everywhere you know um certain things that i didn't grow up with like you know for me to judge the head of security, yeah, rightfully so to judge the head of security for not protecting the president. But at the same time, understanding his motives, things like that, it's like, that's a whole different way of thinking, you know? And yeah. it's, just, it's just different because like, I wasn't there to be like, okay, well, like, even though I was there, I still wouldn't do that. Like, if I was born there, you know, I could say like, you know, I, and you know, I didn't do something like that. Like, I could say like, you know what, that's, that was still messed up. You know, because I wouldn't do something like that. I was born there, things like that. But, like, I don't understand the day-to-day -day life of, you know, Haiti, you know? And so, like, maybe he had suffered so much or something. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that he assassinated, like, helped to assassinate the president, you know? Because at the end of the day, you were signed to do one job, protect the president at all costs. And no amount of money should have strayed you away from that, you know? And that's, that's the sucky part. Like, money greed <laughs> yeah. just overtook this man and it seems like that's always done. the source but at the same yeah. time you can't you know kind of like what you were kind of getting into there's no doubt that there is a higher colonial influence happening here um like you were saying you know this man was whether he was doing it well or not you know mm -hmm. um but he obviously had plans to turn Haiti around and make Haiti a much more stable, strong, right. you know, power player in, you know, 
the Western political sphere and in global politics in general, you know, yeah. really trying to get rid to get rid of the yoke of France on Haiti and yeah. to build a lot more national pride and stability. Again, like you were saying, I don't live in Haiti. I don't, I don't have any family in Haiti that I talk to or anything like that. So I can't comment on what the, you know, day-to-day life of a Haitian national would be or with the day-to-day life of the Haitian national under that presidency was like. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh man, he was so great for the country. I honestly don't know if he was. He could have had a lot of these ideas, but he could have been very poor in implementing them. Like Um, in our country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, I don't think that kind of negates the fact that it does feel like there's a very, very strong possibility, inevitability, that this definitely ties back to, you know, colonial Western powers in some way wanting to not see Haiti succeed in the way that Mm -hmm. Haiti has the potential to succeed. And I hope that one day will be fulfilled. Yeah, I'm hoping too. But like, again, certain powers need to needs to just get the fuck out of Haiti. Oh my God. It's just so frustrating because it's like France still has its hold on Haiti. You know, they're still making them pay reparations for freeing themselves. And then when the Haitian people were asking for that money back, France said, F you, basically. You know, so like you still have the French hands. You still have other European hands in Haiti and you also have Asian hands in Haiti you know and it's like you have all these other racist hands in Haiti except Haitian people you know and that's my issue it's like it's not like an issue that you have other nationalities in the culture my issue is that you're reaping the benefits of the culture and you're not doing anything to propel the culture forward you know the the interactions are always with U.S. money you know, um, they're not doing anything to really push the currency to the way it should be, you know, um, and they're just reaping the benefits, you know, of Haiti. Without, like, it's just like new wave colonialism. It seriously is. It seriously is new wave colonialism. And a lot of those people don't want things to stop. You know, they want it to be that easy to reap, you know, the resources of a nation that don't know its value you know and for me it's up to the people to really have that mind shift change to have the pride enough to not back down no matter what no matter what and it's easier said than done it is and you know like I was even telling you guys earlier like if Tucson was alive now in comparison to back then would he have really freed Haiti you know like back then it probably was a lot easier to free Haiti you know, um, than it is now, you know, um, there's a lot more fear, advancement in technology that comes into play, you know, like the power dynamics is so great in Haiti, you know, that we fall victim to things instead of being, you know, the, I guess, survivors and the thrivers of things, you know, um, we're still in survival mode that we can't get past, 
you know, we can't get past the starting point because so many hands are in Haiti, except for Haitian hands, you know, um, and I hope that this, you know, at least something good could come out of this, because this is terrible, so there's something terrible happened, you know, like the Haitian president died, and, but like, I hope that the benefit from that is that Haitian people could come together, you know, and that we could just have a stable nation, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of always, like, having this, you know, people, like, feeling some sort of, like, sadness and shame when it comes to us. It's like, I can't stand it when people are like, oh, you from Haiti? Oh, you poor thing. It's like, how dare you disrespect me like that? The fuck? Like, yeah, that's why. America is, like, has, like, it's poor, like, you know, it's poverty, too, but y'all proud to say I'm American. You exactly. know, France has poverty too, but you have are, to take your French. There are poor sections of the United States that look like the third world countries that they like to play on TV in these yep. in these brown countries. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, the US doesn't have room to talk. Also, generally a lot of these places that are very unstable are unstable because of the United States or European their, powers. Yeah. And European powers and, you know, their proxy wars against each other or, you know, them destabilizing governments or organizing coups or funding this rebel group over that rebel group. So the United States doesn't have its hands clean enough to pass judgment on anything. You know, and kind of like what you're saying, like, you know, even when it comes to something like this, right? Yeah. It's happened here in the U.S. too, so we shouldn't act all, and it happened twice, so we shouldn't act too all high and mighty. Seriously. As if, you know, just to, like, put this pity on Haiti, it's like, it's because of (laughs) y'all. Y'all did this to Haiti too, you know, like. Stop acting like you're holier than thou, that you're the angel to come save the day. No, you're not going to come save the day. You're going to reap the benefits of the situation. That's exactly why you would come in there. Like, don't think anybody's fucking fooled, you know? And it's just so aggravating to just see Haiti in the state with Haitian people there and Haitian people themselves. Like, I'm talking brown-skinned girls and boys like me. I'm not talking about the white Haitians or the Asian Haitians or whatever talking about the brown-skinned Haitians, you know, from the land and everything, it is frustrating to see them not succeeding at the same rate that these other races are. And all they do is just use U.S. money. All they do is just come in and use U.S. dollars and, like, you know, they're automatically rich, you know? And it's just so frustrating to see because you have people born there not being able to have the resources to propel themselves to the same standard as these other races, you know? Because it's one thing if they're all on the same level, but they're not, you know, they're not on the same level. One has the higher upper hand, you know, here. And they're just, instead of propelling us, they are pushing us down even further, you know, and it's, it's just disgusting to see. And the most disgusting thing to see is that we do, are not supporting each other in this. Like, we're not, you, we're not a united front, you mm-hmm. know, to like protect one another, no matter the cost, you yeah. know. Um, that to me like quality over quantity there like you know the quality of 
you know, pride and, you know, um, respect for our own nation needs to come through, you know, because at that moment, when you have that self-respect as like on a national level, you know, for your own, you know, nationality, for your own like country, then like it's a different ballgame. No one could like just come in that easily, you know, like we even see it in other African places. Like remember the time when COVID-19 was like first starting up and like how, you know, in China, like there were like, you know, African people who were like in China and they were being discriminated against by Chinese people. And then what you would call it, they were like, you know, people there saying like, oh, go back home type of thing. Like there was like basically like a a discriminatory battle between like the Chinese and African people. But I think it was, I don't know, know, like I I think it was Nigeria. I'm not too sure. But like, even if it was Nigeria or Ghana, I have to go back on that research. But literally one of them was like, okay, well, if you keep disrespecting our people while they're there, then we're going to cut off ties with you. Like, they made it clear, like, you're not going to disrespect our people, our African people who are in your lands trying to study, trying to, like, propel themselves. You're not about to disrespect them. You disrespect them, we're cutting ties with you, and you're not going to get our resource. Like, that kind of pride needs to happen in Haiti. You know, like, that, like, badassery needs to happen in Haiti, because we used to be badass. You know, we were so badass. We started the badassery. You yeah. know, and that's not even a word, but I'm going to use it, you know, <laughs> like we, we started that shit and, but we're not, we're not there anymore. And it sucks. It really does. Yeah. And everything you've described is again, just neo-colonialism. Um, and I'm not even sure if, if neo-colonialism is the right word, if it's just, it's the same old colon- colonialism right? You're going to have foreign nationals coming and because they have used foreign currency, which is stronger than the national currency, you know, they already have financial advantages and then, you know, the advantages of like racism and stuff like that in which you would prioritize non-Black people over Black people, stuff like that. So, I I hear everything you're saying. And that kind of takes us into what is happening in Cuba as well. Because the Cuban government has been, is currently, you know, oppressing its people. You know, it's using its military on its people. It is kidnapping and forcibly conscripting young boys into the Cuban military under threat and penalty of death, censoring the free speech of their people. They recently cut off the internet so that the people no longer have access to communication with the outside world. It's, it's getting wild, right? Activists and protesters disappearing. Cuba is particularly helps to say the Cuban people are really hurting right now. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, what can we, what can we do over here, you know, to stand in solidarity and help, right? I would say one of the things I've been doing is I've really been trying to follow 
you know, different Afro-Cuban activists on like Instagram and social media and kind of see, kind of follow their lead, right? Kind of let them kind of guide how, how this needs to go. Again, similar, similarly, I'm not Cuban, right? I don't have any family who are Cuban. I don't know anyone in Cuba, right? So, you know, my access to information about what's happening in Cuba is very limited, right? And we know that the main media really is like they're covering it, but they're also covering it with a very slanted view, right? Um, with their own political agendas following you know activists and following people on the ground and following people who are in contact or at least were in contact you know with people on the island is probably much better way to kind of gauge what's going on rather than solely depending on like mainstream media yeah because we already know how mainstream media can be yeah so a lot of the stuff is getting blamed on the U.S. embargo. And even Black Lives Matter has come out with a post that has pretty much ca- called on people to just call President Biden to get rid of the embargo. When we see from like Cuban activists and Afro-Cubans that the situation is more than just an embargo where they're living under a dictatorship they're living in a system where people are limited from having their own businesses their currency is devalued they they're like they take like they had two different forms of cuban currency and one of them is so devalued they kind of discontinued it. And a lot of the Cuban people were earning, that's what they were earning. And what ends up happening now is that they were barely able to convert that money. And a lot of that money is just useless now. So another thing, as they were saying about the conscription of boys into the military, Another thing that I've been seeing Cuban activists bring up is the medical, what they've been calling medical slavery, or I want to say medical enslavement, Um, because we see all these like humanitarian crises or these situations when Cuba sends doctors to other countries. And pretty much what's happening is these doctors from Cuba are in all essences, they're not making much money in Cuba. So they're pretty much forced to go to other countries and make money. They're making way less than the doctors in those countries. They have to, they're highly monitored by Cuban supervisors. That money, like they can't tow out of line because then that'll be consequences for their family, consequences for them. And like, the government makes so much money off of this system where they're leasing out, I would say leasing out medical doctors. So they end up making millions and the doctors make almost nothing. 
That's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah. And kind of like what you're saying, because a lot of media focus is being put on the embargo. And yeah, the embargo is crap. And, you know, it is definitely something that's not help. It doesn't help the Cuban people. It doesn't help the Cuban situation at all. But like a lot of activists are saying, like, that's not the sole reason. And that's not really what they're talking about right now. Right. A lot of the protests and stuff that are going right on right now are about, you know, Cuba's treatment of the Cuban people, um, about the use of the, the Cuban military on protesters and activists, about the Cuban military kidnapping activists and killing activists from their homes, about them conscripting young children. Um, into the military, like all these different things, like the Cuban people, you know, live under a repressive, oppressive dictatorship. To ignore all that and to put the focus entirely on the U.S. embargo ignores all of the poor people in Cuba, all the brown people in Cuba, just all the Cubans in general who are suffering and asking for help. And are honestly just being being ignored for the sake of this this storyline of oh we just need to end the u.s embargo and everything will be better and that'll magically fix everything and that's not the case wow like this is really like news to me because like i this is like because i've like been a hermit (laughs) practically you know like this is like literally my first time hearing about this and it's just like I know shame on me but you know um you know as you said to Corey um what you call as you said to Corey I'm not Cuban you know so like there's only so much I can say on that but just knowing somebody who's Cuban this could be like this is devastating you know and you know my heart goes out to them you know and what's happening the thing that really got to me when you guys, when you were specifically talking about it was that, you know, they're using children as soldiers, you know, and for me, like, you know, I love the kids. I love the kids. But that to me just reminds me of like, you know, what was happening in Africa, you know, with children soldiers, you know, it's like the fact that they're using children soldiers to this day, you know, it's, it's quite sickening. I just, I just pray like that, you know, that the nation of Cuba just gets more stability, you know, as like the protests are still happening. But yeah, how can we help? That's like a better question. I think the best way to help in this situation is to become informed. So the best way to do that is, again, following just the mainstream media isn't really going to let you know about what's really happening. So I would go on social media and try to follow different um, Afro-Cuban and other Cuban like activists that are posting about what's going on and trying to share as much as they can. We will put links in the description to some of the 
activists that you know we here on the podcast are following so that way you can stay apprised right also you know these pages are also going to let you know some of the different resources that are available if any but right now the biggest thing that could help the cuban people is to to share what's happening in cuba to not necessarily put all the focus on the embargo right now the again the embargo is terrible and the US really needs to lift the embargo on Cuba but what they're fighting for right now is they're fighting literally for their lives against uh, a terrible and oppressive regime and dictatorship right i know that for us particularly for like african americans and stuff like that here right we tend to have this almost romanticized view of Cuba, right? Particularly because we see Cuba as a place that gave refuge to some of our civil rights leaders and, you know, different Black Panthers that are being hunted and persecuted by the U.S. government. Most famously, you know, we think of uh, Asata Shakur, but we kind of need to take off those tinted rose-colored glasses of how we perceive Cuba and take Cuba for what it is and for, for what it's doing to its people right now. So that's kind of the best thing you could do for Cuba. You know, pay attention, you know, share what's happening in Cuba, follow these different Cuban activists and they will, I would say they will let you know what are some of the best options that we have here in like the West or here in the United States for how we can best, you know, do our small parts to help Cuba. You know, if there's any money being collected to hopefully be able to send to uh, Cubans who are currently on the island, right? So again, we're going to put links to some of these uh, different uh, social media pages in the description. We're also gonna post links to different resources that they have shared in the description as well, right? So again, the best thing we can do is kind of do our best to amplify the voices of the Cuban people and their need. Yeah, because that's what's important right now. I think that's really important for us to be informed. Like people like underestimate the power of being informed. You know, it's not always about like, oh, let's just raise a protest sign and like protest all in the streets. Sometimes it's something as simple as getting the information and, you know, making usage by spreading the word, you know? So that's what we'll do in the cozy cozy chat here in the cozy chat that's what we'll do um yeah and then i'll look also for like resources on haiti too so people can be more informed of what's happening with haiti yeah um so thank you all for staying with us this far into the show um, yeah yes we definitely thank you all 
again, we're going to put a lot of the resources and everything in our description for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, and as always, thank you for being here with us, right? You can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cozy Chat Pod. And it gives you guys, if you know any uh, activists who are trying to bring awareness to what's happening in Cuba, if you have any articles, if you have any resources that maybe we aren't aware of or that you want to share with us, any information at all, you know, feel free to share it with us on social media or feel free to email it to us at cozychatpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for being with us this week and we will see you guys next time. As always, guys, thank you so much and thank you for chilling with the Cozy Chat. I feel like that should always be our <laughs> ending. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.